the hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The little person dressed up in a Holiday Express outfit that is Eric Velasquez. <laughs> My pronouns are also he, him. <laughs> yep. So yep. We're, we're back after our big episode 100 with the equally classy <laughs> The Creeps from mm-hmm. Full Moon Features. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I'm a little bit of a Full full Moon fan. So this excited me. Also, fan of Phil Fondacaro. Uh, mm-hmm. He can do no wrong, I, I don't think. Uh, I haven't checked on any controversies he was involved in, and hopefully none, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was not, you know, like, it was nice that they got, you know, all the other monsters were kind of just, like, you know, silent and in suits, but it was nice that they got at least Dracula to be, like, a, a charismatic person to kind of right. uh, be the center of attention. Which he does very well. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, it's like, okay, this is this is a, a good Dracula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. But, of course, uh, Frankenstein just goes, and so does the mummy. (laughs) And the only thing with the the werewolf is a pitch change of grrr. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty rough. (laughs) But So let's get this started. Okay, yeah. So we we start, and so the the credits are rolling over some kind of object that has glowing stars on it. I don't know what this thing is. It is abs. It's got to be like a kid's like mobile from night uh, mobile from nineteen ninety six or seven. Yeah, that was what it looked like to me. It was just some kind of kid's toy, but I don't know what why it's there. I, it doesn't make sense in the story. No. Um, None whatsoever. But you can see it's like on the ground and in the background. You can see that like it's a library. Um, right. Uh, and by the way, this is a solid minute thirty of credits. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost excruciating. <laughs> And the, the yeah, this movie is not very long. Like it, they probably made long credits to make it count as a feature length film. Oh yeah, had to. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, because it's like what a buck six mm-hmm. uh, by itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that which that's Full Moon's deal is they they love to uh, to make a short movie. It's I feel cheap, short, and a little punchy. Mm-hmm. I feel like especially like now that they have their own streaming service, if you get on there, a lot of the movies are less than an hour because now they don't have any kind of obligation to, uh, you know, meet any kind of theaters standards of what a movie has to be. No, they're, they're like their own little TV shows now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they're still doing what they've always done and it's entertaining. Oh, by the way, don't expect any class. There's none there. Um, <laughs> it's probably going to be some off-putting jokes every once in a while but they've been better about that recently mostly mm-hmm. kind of yeah seems like yeah. it yeah 
and gratuitous TNA, and now re- more recently, pot. <laughs> so, or more yeah, they, uh, obvious references, though. Yeah, they've definitely become like the weed humor uh, mm-hmm. company. Yeah. Uh, National Lampoons tried that a little bit in the 90s. It didn't work out for them, but Full Moon was like, this is our audience, baby. We got <laughs> yeah. this. Uh, but this one, you know, like it's it's a you know it's like in the classic era, like when they were doing like you know the Puppet Master movies and stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's a little bit more classy than some yes. of their stuff. There's a little bit of TNA, but less than you're used to with them. And uh, yeah, like there's not a lot of like content warnings that I would give for this for the most part. Yeah, I mean we get in some sketchy areas, but we'll 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 talk about it when we get there. And, like, even, you know, like, I had not seen this before this week, but, like, you know, if you tell me, like, okay, we're going to watch a full moon feature that stars a bunch of little people. Oh, I'm yeah, gonna, it's going to be awful. I'm assuming <laughs> there's going to be a lot of really dicey humor about that, but there's really not. No, um, not Yeah, I mean, nobody uses any slurs for little people, which even, you know, when this had come out, weren't even, some of those words weren't even considered slurs right. by the, the general public. But, like, nobody, nobody mocks them for being little. Like, it's surprising. I mean, kind of, but it's also like anything you would say to just a monster in general that's trying to get you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a couple things there, but for the most part, like, this this is respectful. As mm-hmm. respectful as it gets, for the most part. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Which you don't expect that from Full Moon. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, maybe if you're watching, like, I guess Puppet Master or, like, Subspecies, but some of their other stuff, no. Uh <laughs> Evil, evil toys or what? Demonic toys or anything mm-hmm. like that? No, that there's going to be gross humor out of that. Oh yeah, but apparently not. All right, so we start off with uh, a librarian. I believe her name is Miss Quarles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking to a quote unquote Mister Jameson about uh, some rare books, and she's trying to get him to sign all kinds of authorization forms uh, from the university. Yeah, they've got, like, a, a rare book collection, you know, where everything's, like, under lock and key, and you have to put on special gloves and all that. Uh, yeah. But there's also just, like, a lot of red tape to even get permission to do that. And, uh, yeah, he shows his ID. He fills out all this paperwork. You can tell he's just real twitchy and nervous. Like, he's right. he's something's off about this guy. Yeah, it's not maybe not on the up and up, or the guy's just really nervous all the time. <laughs> right. Who knows? But finally, he's given permission. He goes and sits at this table. The librarian, like, brings out, uh, like, this steel box and sets the manuscript in front of him and helps him put on gloves and a mask. And the, right. the, the book he's looking at is the Shelley manuscript. Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> this is an original baby. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she's like, all right, you got to keep the gloves and mask on and I'll leave you to it. And she heads out. And as soon as she leaves the room, he immediately takes off the mask and digs through, like, he's got a messenger bag, and he's got an exact copy of the manuscript. I would say exact copy. <laughs> it's pretty noticeably just just a, a forgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's vaguely, yeah, it's similar the, enough, like, at first The costume point. department took extra care on the original, mm-hmm. and they just kind of, like, did some uh, wiping of some, uh, what's it called, stain on the front of this one, and it kind of got everywhere. So it's like, this is visual, you know. We know which one we're shooting with and which one's the uh, the, yeah. the, the extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously his plan is to swap them out and, and steal the real one. Um, right. And then we cut to downstairs where uh, Quarles is getting kind of like chewed out by her boss 
for yeah, letting, Chris, Miss Christina. Yeah. And she's like, the whole point of having the rare books is that we don't want anyone to ever see them. Like, right. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, all right. So here's kind of where some, some homophobia, I, I don't know if it's necessarily actual homophobia, but it is definitely an archetype of kind of the predatory lesbian mm-hmm. because Miss Christina's obviously flirting with quarrels and she's like, Hey, maybe we could go to this, uh, this book reading together. Mm. Yeah. And quarrels is, you know, like she's not interested, but she's also really intimidated by her boss. So she declines, but she's kind of like, you know, nervous about it. Like uh, with Miss Christina, honestly, I would expect her to be wearing like rubber boots and like having a riding crop. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's intense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it's kind of like, she's definitely like some of the comic relief in this, you know, yeah. the whole idea that like, we're preserving these books, which is a good thing, but like, we don't want anyone to anyone ever to look at them. or touch them, which kind of defeats the purpose. Like these books need to be seen to, you know, have any reason to still exist. But like her, right. I think her slogan is minimum handling, handling equals maximum, maximum preservation. preservation. Yes. I was going to ask you, what's our, what's our motto, Anthony? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then the um, the man comes back down with uh, he's got the the metal case that the the manuscript is in. Oh, and- this sets her the fuck off. Christina's mm-hmm. like, oh hell no, nah. you're not supposed to be handling that. That's supposed to be handled by the librarian. And she like gives it back to him as quarrels, and she's like, hey, this is a reason to refuse him ever from touching these books again. <laughs> yeah, put this on his permanent record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. Then we see, like, a little later, Quarles goes up to, like, look at the manuscript herself. She's kind of feeling like, you know, uh, she's curious. Like, uh, and I, I think, like, the whole kind of conversation about minimum handling kind of got to her. And she's just like, I, w- I want to see this manuscript. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, but when she does, it's the fake. And he didn't even bother anything beyond making the cover try to kind of look right. It, it's right, just a blank book. Photocopy. Yeah. Yeah, so when she starts flipping through the pages and sees they're all blank, she's like, oh, shit, uh, this, yep. is, this is bad. This is really bad. So what does she do? She calls the cops and tells her boss, no, she doesn't do that at all. <laughs> she nope. goes to a video store. <laughs> right. And she's kind of confused that, that like, she, it's clear that she, like, got this address and, you know, went there. And she's, like, uh, goes to the clerk and is like, I'm, you know, I'm looking for David Rawlings or Raleigh, David Raleigh. Raleigh. Yeah. Um, and the like the girl behind the counter at the video store is like, oh yeah, yeah, he's he's right back there. Uh, so she she goes back into this back room and turns out David Raleigh is like the manager of the video store and also on the side is trying to become a private detective. Right. So which one's he moonlighting as the uh, manager <laughs> or the private detective? <laughs> yeah, it seems like the the video store is more legit than his private eye right. business at this point. He does it as a hobby, Anthony, which <laughs> yeah. you can trust that. Yeah, and he's like you can tell he's like super excited that he you know has a cus- or a client. Well, this uh, is his first case. <laughs> yeah, so she kind of tells him the story of what happened, and she's like, you know, I did a little bit of research on my own and found out that the the man was an imposter. I, you know, I saw pictures of what he was supposed to look like, and it's not the guy that yeah. I saw. Yeah, Jameson's um, a real guy, but that guy is not Jameson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can tell she's not necessarily that confident that Raleigh is going to do a good job, but she's really just kind of broke. And this is, you know, this is bargain basement private eye right here. Right. 
so yeah, she obviously she's kind of at her wit's end, and he starts cracking up and making uh, try, trying to build some uh, rapport with her. But she's like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. This guy's the worst. He thinks he's a, like a private detective out of a, a gumshoe movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. So she ends, you know, she kind of sets him loose to do the job and, and leaves. And, and even tells him, like, he's like, hey, I won't disappoint you. And she's like, you know, even even with this, I don't, I don't think you possibly could disappoint me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then David gets to work after she leaves, and the the girl from behind the counter comes back to the back room and is like kind of talking to him, bugging him while he's trying to start his investigation. Mm-hmm. He's building his own little fingerprinting uh, box. Yeah, and the the way he does the fingerprints is so complicated. I don't know if that was how they did it back then, or if this is just some sort of amateur thing. Got to be an amateur thing because I uh, maybe he can't afford that little powder. <laughs> And the little makeup brush with it, yeah, because it's like he like it's like some kind of vapor or something, right? Some kind of gas that he it, puts it's super super glue vapor. Hmm. Right. So he he like finds some prints. So he's like feeling like he's making some accomplishments. Um, and then the next morning, he just comes to visit Corals, and he's got he's got a mug shot. He's like, "Is this is this the guy?" Well, he, well, the he actually after he does the fingerprinting. He goes through his computer because they, you know, in the early 90s, they apparently had a fingerprint clearinghouse <laughs> system network. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And he literally has, puts a filter on it for a male ages 35 to 65 in Caucasian. Yeah. And it's like, mm, no, I, I lived at that point. That didn't happen. No, definitely not. That's the stuff we wished happened at that time. Now it probably not very well could. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. I, I feel like there's still a lot of issues with like things not databases not being connected nationwide yeah. and stuff. But probably a lot of ethics issues as well. Who knows? But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so but he yeah. he he goes to talk to Quarles and he's got a mugshot and she's like, yeah, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy who said he was Jameson. And he's like, okay, his real name is Doctor Winston Berber, and he's he's on record. The reason he's got his prints in the system is that he's previously been arrested for stealing computer parts. Hmm. Yeah. And so Quarles is like, okay, I'm, I'm impressed. I did not expect progress this quickly from you. That's, that's a good job. Um, and he's like, all right, positive progress. Yeah. And she's like, well, have you, do you know where he is? And he's like, no, I wanted to make sure this was the guy first, but now that I know it is, I'm going to start searching and and I'll track him down. But he's like moved around a bunch as well. Mm Mm-hmm. So then we cut to elsewhere where Berber is proudly looking at his collection of rare manuscripts. And he's got this kind of weird warehouse lair place. Uh, and he's got manuscripts in these like glass cases. Right. One of the Werewolf of Paris, uh, one of the Mummy apparently. And now he has the Frankenstein. And soon he will have an original first edition Dracula. Mm-hmm. It's like he's collecting baseball cards. <laughs> yeah. Or Pokemon cards. How feel? <laughs> right. Uh, and so then it's just like a couple weeks go by and um, Quarles comes back to the video store. She's kind of losing patience. You know, we had that first day, big progress, and now she's not heard from Raleigh in a while. And we also get just this hilarious customer that's basically asking for a bunch of uh, movies that came out around 1997, <laughs> as well as several uh, full moon features, such as Head of the Family. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he, like so. It's yeah. It's a it's a comedy bit where where Curls is kind of like yelling at Raleigh, and also he's being interrupted by this customer, and it's kind of back and forth. And Raleigh's like, "Yeah, sorry, I've been sidetracked. The computer went down here," and she's like, "Oh, so you can't do any more research?" And he's like, "No, no, no, not not my private eye computer. The computer here at the store. So we're having trouble like looking up people's account info and stuff. So yeah, we it, have it, to do check ins, check out via note ca- index cards. Which God, that would be miserable. <laughs> yeah." And he's like, as soon as I get that fixed, then I'll get back to your case. And she's like, Also, no. should we explain what a video store is? Like, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> you know, a lot of people know, but also a lot of people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and this is like, you know, I mean, I think probably people are familiar with like Blockbuster still at this point. Mm-hmm. But this is like a mom and pop little video store, uh, yeah. which, you know, back in the day, you know, Blockbuster would have all your, you know, fancy new releases. But you'd have these weird little video stores just run by you know some guy or some family and they would usually have a very more like much more eclectic collection of stuff right. um, stuff that they they and their family liked right mm-hmm. yeah and then uh, also the sketchy porn in the back <laughs> right yeah but yeah so in, in this case you know she fires him because clearly he's more focused on his video store job than his private eye job yeah but then it works out because back at the library, uh, Berber just shows up again because he wants to check out the rare Dracula manuscript that they also happen to have. Yeah, like an idiot, he uses the same trick twice. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Corals knows, you know, she knows what's up, but, like, what can she do? So she is kind of panicking, and then she starts being like, jail. Uh, jail right, says words at him <laughs> yeah she's like if you i'm, I'm gonna you're gonna go to jail for what you've done and um you, you got to bring the the, the shelly manuscript back right away or, or you're gonna be in big trouble right and i like how he's like oh uh, i have i have a mental condition and uh uh my blood sugar's low and uh i just don't you know feel like it pretty much <laughs> yeah and she's holding like a pair of scissors to kind of like keep him in place Right. And then she, like, calls David and tells right. him. Instead of calling the cops who would show up and beat this man with an inch of his life, <laughs> she calls David Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And he's completely useless. And before she can get it all out to him, Berber pulls out a cattle prod and electrocutes her. And so then he's able to just easily steal the Dracula manuscript. And her. Yeah, he just throws her on, like, a you know, the, like, the carts in the library where they're, like, returning books. He just throws her on one of those and rolls her out. Yeah, and he just needs her to be his human sacrifice now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she wakes up, like, she's tied up in the lab, and she's kind of, like, insulting him and, like, arguing with him the whole time. Keeps and... calling him a pervert, which, <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I wouldn't say this is necessarily anything perverted exactly. <laughs> And yeah, like you said, he's like, I need you for the sacrifice for this this big project I'm working on. I assume you're not a virgin. That would technically be better, but I can uh, fudge the numbers a little bit and make it work okay. Okay, here's a question I need to ask. Like, scientifically, what what does virginity have to do with anything? (laughs) Yeah, it's just such like a trope with like you know, these kind of movies, but yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Like when we did monster squad, you know, and it was like Mm. the, uh, the older sister was reading it and then it didn't work because it turned out she wasn't actually a virgin. Um, yeah, it's, it's just like, like what component of this has to do with anything? Like, don't get me wrong. If we're talking about like Vladislav from, um, what we do in the shadows, that makes sense, right? That's more of a hygiene issue, but also, 
does it really matter? Yeah, and you know, in most cases when we run into this, it's like a virgin sacrifice because it's you know it's purity and all that. It's yeah, it's so purity and it has to do with like magic and like religious rituals and stuff. But he's like doing science. Right. So like you said, scientifically, what does what does virginity have anything to do with this? Yeah. Uh, but I guess maybe it's like hybrid science magic or something and, and it matters in some way. Yeah. Well, what, what's his uh, what's his special goal? What's he, what's his creation called? Oh, it's called the archetype inducer. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what that will do is bring various fictional archetypes to life, and so he that's why he's collected these four monster manuscripts so that he can create an army of monsters that he can use to take over the world. But like, okay, so calling it an archetype inducer means that it's the archetype. But not specifically the character. <laughs> but it seems like his thing brings the specific characters to life. <laughs> yeah. So is it a character inducer or an archetype inducer? <laughs> because we will see that it does induce archetypes. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. <laughs> In the fucking weirdest way ever. But, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't know why I'm trying to analyze the logic of this movie. It's from Full Moon Entertainment. So... <laughs> Um, and so the whole time that he's working, like, you know, Quarles is just, like, mocking his plans. Meanwhile, somehow, Raleigh has found the lab. I don't know mm-hmm. how. He just finds it. Yeah. Um, and so he manages to, like, sneak in and comes up behind Berber. But can we talk about, real quick, can we talk about one of the funniest fucking bits to me? <laughs> okay. Like, like while she's mocking uh, uh, Berber, like, he, she, she mocks his, uh, she says that she's smarter than he is. So they get into a kind of a little smart-off competition, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, I was so smart, I didn't even have to go to high school. I had tutors. <laughs> it's like, mm, I think if you had tutors, maybe you weren't that smart. Or, or maybe your parents paid too much money. I don't know. I, I you know, I chose to interpret it one way. So yeah. It could be interpreted multiple. <laughs> right. But he's not so smart that he doesn't, he, you know, that he completely right. misses the fact that Raleigh sneaks up behind him. And Raleigh yeah. knocks him out and then immediately, uh, you know, frees Quarles and they rescue all of the manuscripts and escape the mm-hmm. lab, jump in Raleigh's car and speed off. Okay, well, that's, you know, that was a quick movie. <laughs> no, it's not over yet. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out that the machine is still running and all of a sudden there's like four doors that open up and outstep little people versions of... Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and a mummy. And of course, as we mentioned before, Phil Fondacaro as Dracula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know the rest are probably stunt people, or you know, like they're all you know just yeah. heavily made up, and and like we said, never really speak. Um, right. Except yeah, and Dracula's like, hey, what's going on here? Why why do we exist in this place now? <laughs> yeah. And then we also get a little scene with Raleigh and Quarles driving back to the library. And Raleigh asks her out, and she's like, no, right. I'm, I'm way do. too good for you. <laughs> right. She's like, I'm smarter than you, I'm older than you. <laughs> Which, she has, a, she has a complex here, man, about being smarter than other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she's got high self-esteem for sure. Right, and of course, Raleigh's like, okay, I mean, you know, maybe you're not into guys, maybe, or, or did you have a boyfriend? And she's like, well, I did have a boyfriend, but it turned out his favorite author was Ayn Rand, and that was it after that. And I'm like, amen, sister. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah, job. I, I definitely appreciated that. <laughs> right? 
Uh, and then, yeah, back at the lab, like you said, Dracula's like, what is going on? And mm-hmm. and uh, Berber kind of tries to explain the whole situation, that his archetype inducer and all that. Yeah. Um, and, and Dracula kind of gives the other monsters, like, a, a, a pep, uh, pep talk. <laughs> yeah, he about, calls them know, his brothers friends. in darkness. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. You like to see some monster solidarity. Mm-hmm. And then Dracula's like, I seem to remember being bigger before, though. What's going on? Um, and Berber's like, yeah, the human sacrifice got away, so I guess there wasn't enough juice to make you your normal size. Yeah. Which, that's that's play, playing around it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is kind of a clever concept. I mean, it's a, it's a dumb concept, but it's like a smart, dumb concept. <laughs> right. And Berber's like, we can we can fix this. Um, I'll work on the machine. I just need you to bring the human sacrifice back. It's got to be the yeah. same girl because I've already set up everything with her information. So remember, she's blonde of a certain height uh, and is a librarian. Mm-hmm. Which we didn't mention that Christina was also blonde and basically the same height as Quarles. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and also a librarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, Verver takes them, um, takes the monsters to the library. And while that's going on, um, again, Christina hits on Quarles and it's awkward again. Mm-hmm. And then we get a really weird scene. Um, oh, yeah? Are we talking about the Jane Eyre fondling? <laughs> yes. Okay. Christina's a hypocrite. Okay, first all, off by like t- telling Quarles not to let anybody touch these books. Because what she does to this book should land her in jail. She is literally a bibliophile. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she sneaks upstairs, and, and like you said, she picks out Jane Eyre from its metal box. and yeah, No gloves, got, no mask. Yep, and just like opens up her shirt and is just like rubbing the manuscript all over her chest uh, and just kind of like moaning. Like she is having well, a... She also puts it between her legs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's having a sexual encounter with the (laughs) Jane Eyre manuscript. (laughs) Uh, Why not, right? Weirder things have happened. Uh, But then she hears some loud noises and is like, oh, you know, she thinks she's going to be caught. So she's got to go investigate. And she bumps into the four monsters who assume that she is Quarles and capture her. Right. And as they uh, take her immediately back to the lab, uh, what's the first thing they do, Anthony? They strip her naked. (laughs) Because mm-hmm. we got to like, see some of that TNA. Yeah, and Berber's like, this is the wrong girl. And like the monsters are still working on getting her undressed. Like They're just right. still hard. At, and he's like, no, no, no. This, is, this, is not, this isn't going to work. Right. Um, but Dracula's like, hey, we got it. We, she's a blonde. Uh, you're, you're what? You're under 35, right? She's like, I'm 33. And it's like, mm, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> but, you know, he's like, let's give it a shot. What's the worst that could happen, right? Yeah, and Dracula's like, she might even be a virgin, unlike the first one. And um, she, she's like, well, define virgin. <laughs> right. And Dracula's like, you know, so, you know, something about someone who's had co- physical congress with a man. And she's like, oh, well, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that case, yeah, sure. Technically, I'm a virgin. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, wouldn't she be? Yeah. Like, by that metric? Yeah, I mean, so she's a gold star lesbian, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, right. uh, <laughs> so, so here's my question, though. Does it still count if there was a a, a, a marital aid involved? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like... The, I mean, yeah, she's been penetrated. Isn't is that the act, or is it the release of the fluid? What what what? <laughs> damn it! 
We're going to start a new podcast called What's a Virgin? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you, that, that's the thing is, like, if you start really thinking about it, like, virginity is nothing. It means nothing. Right. It, nothing. it makes, you know, um, yeah. So in this case, if, you know, if uh, an old-timey doctor was to investigate to see if she was a virgin, he might see that she's yeah. not. But, uh, yeah, it's all it's all nonsense. But, yeah, Dracula is like, you got to do this. Like, we've got her it's worth a shot. And Berber's like, I'm the master. Don't, you know, you don't tell me what to do. And Dracula's like, I'm Dracula. Yes, I do tell you what to do. Well, specifically he says, all right, get her prepped master. <laughs> so snarkily. It's like, we know who wears the pants, Winston. I hate to tell you, it's not you, my man. <laughs> so the monsters all get back in their little chambers and shut the door and Berber hits the button, uh, which creates a portal that mm-hmm. like atomizes kind of yeah she kind of like swirls and gets sucked into the portal but then she pops back out dressed as a viking right like or valk i, I thought she was a valkyrie mm. but yeah no wings yeah but yeah viking viking ish <laughs> horns horn helmet braids mm-hmm. spear yeah obviously berber doesn't want a viking lady so he hits the button again and she gets sucked back into the portal and the monsters step out, and nothing's changed. They have not grown at all. Oh, well, it was worth a shot, yeah. right? We'll try again tomorrow. Yeah, because it's it's morning now, and we've got to go to sleep because Dracula. <laughs> right. Elsewhere, we see Raleigh. He's, like, standing outside, and he's practicing having an argument with Quarles. Right. He's specifically practicing getting his money. Mm-hmm. She has refused to pay him since things didn't go well. Uh, I feel like he did a job, though, you know? Yeah, I mean, she got the manuscripts back. Yeah, she's not dead. She's got the manuscripts back. She wasn't turned into an archetype, whatever that would be. I guess Sexy Librarian would probably have been hers. (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, But so it it turns out that he's outside of her apartment, and he goes to knock on the door, and the door is already open. Hmm. So he just goes strolling in, and the lights are all off, but uh, Dracula is there. Right, he's like, don't turn on the lights uh, because they're unnatural. Mm-hmm. And then he immediately steps out into the light. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and he's like, you know, where's the girl? And, you know, Raleigh kind of like tries to, he refuses to tell him basically. He kind of, you know, acts snarky. Uh, yeah, he tries to defend himself with a candelabra, right? Yeah. But then um, Dracula has the cattle prod from earlier and zaps Raleigh and he... Uh, uh, he's a, oh, I thought he I th- he makes the he just makes the candelabra disappear. Oh, that's he, like, right. Yeah, it's it. not it's not the cattle prod. He just uses like Dracula magic and like you know right. electricity comes out of his fingers and stuff. But yeah, um, David then pulls out. Um, he's got a cross necklace, and yeah. that scares all the monsters away. And hilariously, all right, I thought this was funny. He's like, oh, thank God, I'm Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> And so then he runs out to his car to, you know, try to go find Quarles and let her know what's going on. Uh, Right. Unfortunately, it looks like he has two hitchhikers. Mm -hmm. Dracula and the Wolfman are, like, hanging on the back of the car, basically. Um, So, you know, they're like, of course, he's going to lead us right to the girl that we were looking for. I mean, yeah, that goes without saying, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to Winston, who's trying to figure out how to make his monsters more breedable and submissive. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's going to fine-tune that equation so that when they get bigger, right. he will be the master. They're a little bit too mouthy mm-hmm. for him right now. 
And then Quarles arrives at work at the library and sees signs of struggle. Like, she can tell that something has happened. She goes towards the elevator and then sees down a hallway the mummy who starts chasing her. Right. It's like, I mean, it was adorable, man. (laughs) I'd be like, are you okay, sir? Are you all right? (laughs) Not, ah, I'm terrified. Yeah. Uh, So she starts hitting the elevator button to try to get away. And when the door opens, there's little Frankenstein and he pops out. Um, So, yeah. So she keeps trying to run. She manages to step on a wine glass, I think. Is that what it was? It was some kind of broken glass. Yeah, it somehow breaks her heel or shoe and embeds itself in her foot. Basically, we get a John McClane here is what happens because she does end up tying off the wound with, like, what was it, a scarf? Or, it's uh, her shirt. She takes shirt. She takes her off shirt. her whole shirt. Right. So then she just Yeah, because she has to show her boobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she takes off her shirt and wraps it around her foot like John McClane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so eventually, you know, this scene goes on a while. Like this is another, like we're padding the movie a little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot of like her running and then she'll like, you know, hide behind uh, a bookshelf for a while and catch her breath. And we'll see some shots of the monsters kind of creeping around. Uh, but finally they will bump into each other again and, uh, they start chasing her again. And then she bumps into Raleigh who has arrived and he makes a great joke. He's like, "Isn't this, uh, isn't this the kind of dr- get up for a second date?" <laughs> yeah, because she's she is wearing a bra. She's like in a little like you know mini skirt and bra. Right. And um, they you know they're surrounded by the four monsters, uh, and then Berber appears, and Dave tries to like take him hostage. Yeah, he uh, Berber tries to pull the uh, stun gun on him, but uh, Raleigh switches it around. Mm-hmm. But, you know, of course, Raleigh doesn't take into consideration that the monsters don't really care about Berber that much. Right. They're like, okay, go ahead. We can do what we need to do without him. And then, okay, here's something stupid that Raleigh does, aside from just running in a third direction. Um, He tries to pull the stun gun on Dracula. Hey, man, it was literally like five minutes ago. He just just evaporated your candelabra. (laughs) Right. And he does it again. Mm Mm-hmm. Raleigh tries to run away, and immediately... I think it's the mummy knocks him out? The mummy or... Yeah. Um, so now we just cut back to the lab, and we've got the monsters tying corals up, and she's, like, just screaming, and Berber's like, that's so distracting. Just please shut up. I, I need to focus on these equations. Right. Winston's also like, hey, uh, Raleigh, you, you really wouldn't have killed me, would you? <laughs> Or no, he asked the monsters. They wouldn't have let uh, Raleigh kill him. Mm, right. And Dracula's like, yeah, as long as you're useful, <laughs> you get the loot. Yeah. And then we see that, yeah, like you said, Raleigh is also there. He's been uh, also restrained. And he starts trying to negotiate. Uh, and it's it's not working. Like, the, you know, no. everybody's kind of on their path now. They know what they want. And Raleigh's not going to convince anybody otherwise. Right. And, of course, Winston is over here like, all right, let's hurry up and do this thing. Let's go ahead and do it. Because we know he's got at least some plans to pull pull a fast one on Dracula. Mm-hmm. And Dracula's like, but you've got – everything's right this time, right? And um, Okay, this is the most competent villain I think we have ever seen. <laughs> because he's literally like, are there any unforeseen circumstances that will occur Yeah. by just having her? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and Winston's like, okay. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, and she isn't a virgin, but I think I got that fine-tuned. And he and Dracula's like, well, we could go out and get a virgin then. And he's like, well, actually, yeah. another woman virgin would c- kind of cross the streams, basically. That wouldn't work. But if we had a man virgin, that might actually balance things out. Right, but he but he has to be clothed, and that goes without saying. <laughs> right. Um, and Winston they're like, hey, uh, Raleigh, you wouldn't by any chance be a virgin and he's like no me i've totally had the sex many times and i love it i love dracula because he's like when where and who with (laughs) (laughs) and this obviously puts raleigh off he's like oh shit (laughs) right uh there was a girl one time in the back of my car she had a mole on her leg and pink panties and everyone's like oh fuck all right he's a virgin load him up (laughs) yeah um and so they're they're kind of getting everything set up and while that's going on coral starts talking to the monsters and she's like you all are legends. You've you've lived many lifetimes in, you know, these great works of fiction. But if you're turned into, you know, real life people, you're going to die eventually. Like you're less like you're, you're choosing to become lesser versions of yourself instead of the larger than life archetypes that you've been before. Right. And this would work on most movie villains, but not this Dracula because he's like, yeah, but I'm alive now. So <laughs> let's keep it that way. <laughs> right. Then uh, Berber is like, all right, time to get into the, the uh, chambers. And he kind of just like shoves yeah, them all stalling. in there. Yeah. Um, and while that's going on, Raleigh manages to escape. Well, Dracula's even like, hey, Berber, why do you want us in here so quick and so fast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's starting to, to be skeptical of Berber. And also, you know, maybe Quarles is, uh, you know, swaying him a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Dave, uh, David escapes and manages to get Quarles untied. And they're trying to just turn the machine off, but the portal opens again, and Miss Christine, the Viking lady, comes back out again, Yeah. and she grabs Berber and drags him into the portal. Oh, did we, did we say the reason why Berber was trying to rush everything was because literally just having the male virgin there would actually make them, like, submissive to him? Mm, yeah, yeah. That was that's his whole plan. Everyone's like, "Oh no, you betrayed us!" Yeah, your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> right. Yes, Viking Christina uh, pulls Berber into the archetype warp, and then Dracula's like, "Hey, hit the button again!" Mm-hmm. And you know, he gives he gives a nice, lovely little speech about, "We'll always be with you in your nightmares." Yeah, um, yeah, because you know, he I think seeing Christina is the thing that really he's like, she's an archetype now, and she's going to live on forever. We need to return to our realms and do the same. Uh, right. And he tells Quarles that she's very wise for someone who hasn't even lived one lifetime. So, yeah, they all then voluntarily walk into the portal and it closes up. And then it's just like later on, we've got Dave back at work at the video store. Quarles comes by to visit him. Hey, she actually pays up this time, though. Mm hmm. And she says, you know, she was going to try to, you know, go back to the lab and make sure that everything was destroyed. But it turns out Berber owed a bunch of money and the creditors came and repoed all the equipment. So uh, problem solved. But also, I've got you this lovely little book. It's called Venus in Furs, which immediately red flags flew up. And I'm like, wait, that's a that's a that's basically a porn book, an old porn book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know about that book. What I did not know, did you know, Anthony, um, because we go that extra mile uh, about apparently our pornography, um, did you know that this was part of a cycle of books? Mm, okay. And it was 
<laughs> literally written by a guy, and I thought she was like made up some bullshit. But Leopold von Sacher Masak, and it sounds like Sucker Masak. Mm. So who knows? That you know, it's a real person apparently. But the cycle is called the Legacy of Cain. Oh, interesting. So for you fans of uh, Legacy of Cain video games, uh, apparently there's also, uh, you know, some smut for you <laughs> out there. <laughs> but no, the, the books were uh, like the, there's about what, six, six novellas, I think. But they have to deal with stuff like, you know, obviously love, property, you know, and this is me reading from the Wikipedia article if you're asking about it. And, you know, sex, death, that kind of stuff. And combinations thereof mm. and i'm guessing venus and furs was kind of love and property <laughs> right you know, and the, so. it's definitely become like you know there's like the there's a velvet underground song with that name it's like a kind of a, a term um and you know dave is like oh, i've never read the book um but i definitely have seen the movie uh by jess franco yep. and and that is that's also true um <laughs> jess franco who you know made some of the our more smutty frankenstein movies that we've watched here mm-hmm. uh also did an adaptation of this porn book um and like instant so he starts and then he's, he kind of goes on from there and he's like well there was also this other version and basically like goes on like a, an info dump about movies and you know she's just kind of like nodding for a minute and then she just like, like i think she like puts her finger to his lips like hush and then kisses him instead so right ah so it's a romantic end yeah i mean this is basically a rom-com you know with like them not liking each other at first and then falling for each other as they go uh, but it also just happens to have little people monsters and yeah. <laughs> a bunch of other I mean, weird nonsense. Well done. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, as far as full moon stuff goes, this is this feels pretty tame. It feels like there's a lot of full moon stuff that I would not recommend to a lot of people oh, yeah. because it's gonna make them uncomfortable. But like you know, this not too edgy in terms of humor, very little nudity. And I mean, I think it's a fun little story. I I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's both like, there's a slight highbrow to the lowbrow humor. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. hundred percent. And there's a lot of Easter eggs, which that's always fun to just go hunting for the Easter Mm -hmm. eggs, right? Little references and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like the um, the book, the werewolf book was. I don't know if that was a real book, but it was definitely talking about like the uh, the famous like beast of was it what's it Gavin Gavadon yeah Gavadon yeah. Um, also, the werewolf in this looked really weird. Uh, we didn't really mention. Yeah, it's like a bat. Yeah, like his nose was kind of skeletal or something. Yeah. It, it was a, it was a real strange. Uh, I mean, it looked good. Like, you know, it wasn't like bad makeup job. It just was a really weird character design. Yeah, it was an interesting choice mm-hmm. for sure. And our Frankenstein looked good. I, I thought he looked, they, they did a good job with him. Yeah. I mean, it's the classic, you know, um, Karloff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But yeah, I think, I think this movie's definitely worth checking out. If you have not seen it, you know, like we said, it's short. It's a quick, fun little, uh, you know, popcorn movie, basically. Yeah, or uh, a movie that you would rent on a Friday night with your uh, for the weekend with your family. <laughs> if you have family movie nights, people still do that, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Just go down to your your family video store and rent this from the horse. Yeah, go down to your family video store and check this. Uh, rent this one out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Gosh. 
that weird freaking that whole period of time is just so wild. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, yeah, like the it, it's it is really strange to think about how easy it is now to watch a movie versus like you know getting in the car driving you know down the road somewhere and like having to have a membership that you possibly pay monthly or pay extra mm-hmm. yeah and if you don't have that membership. and that you've got to like return it in a certain amount of time or you get a late fee and or you have to rewind it or you get a penalty fee for that mm-hmm. yep it's gosh yep streaming it's it's a whole different world it's a whole different world. But there's something about, you know, I mean, the convenience of streaming is is one thing, but there is something that the ritual of all that made it feel yes. like a more exciting thing. You know, like now you just kind of like casually are flipping through Netflix. You're like, oh, this looks fine, whatever. You turn it on and it's, but like when you're at the video store and you're picking up the boxes and it's like, this is the only movie we're going to have this whole weekend. So like, does this look, right. you know, is this cover grabbing my attention? And uh, yeah, it was it was a very different situation. Yeah, and you'd also see a lot of weird movies that you wouldn't like that you wouldn't nowadays, really, unless you were ex- ex- like explicitly hunting for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just being able to walk around it was a it was a very different kind of browsing experience. Yeah, and like you said, it was part part of the ritual, right? Mm-hmm. All right, Anthony, we got anything else to say about? I it? think that covers this one. Okay, well, uh, in that case, where can they find us, Anthony? Uh, yeah, so you can find us on all the socials at the Frankencast. We actually just got a blue sky, um, like, uh, yesterday, oh. so you can find us there. Um, you know, we're, we're just going to be on all the socials until whatever happens and shakes out and, you know, right. we settle on one. But but now uh, you can find us wherever. Um, we're also over at YouTube. You can email us at thefrankencast at gmail.com, and you can always find us at patreon.com slash thefrankencast. So, Anthony, I think uh, next week we need to uh, look for a new harvest. <laughs> Maybe an Elizabeth harvest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a movie that's a couple years old, but it just dropped on Shudder, and I had never heard of it. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for us to check it out. Uh, it's It seems like it's a little Frankenstein, a little like high-tech. It looks like there should be some, some fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, next week... Elizabeth Harvest, you can find it on Shudder and probably some other places as well. But uh, yeah, we'll be doing that. Absolutely. All right. Well, in that case, to be continued. Looks like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast. Or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. <laughs> <laughs>